I want you to take your Bible to Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 reads like this. It says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown with twelve stones. And this woman, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. We're going to read those two verses, but we'll be alluding to a lot of verses in this chapter. So I encourage you to keep an open Bible today. I want to talk to you today about the apple of God's eye. The apple of God's eye. Every day I read my Bible, and every day I watch the news. There's a reason why every day I read the Bible and every day I watch the news. That way I know what both sides are up to. Amen? And I was watching the news a few weeks ago, and I noticed a story that took place near St. Louis, Missouri. It was a Jewish cemetery, literally, that had been vandalized. Over 200 graves, literally, had been uh, desecrated. They had been vandalized. I watched that story, and then just a few days later, I saw the same story over again. But it wasn't in St. Louis, Missouri. It was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The same thing, a Jewish cemetery desecrated and vandalized. And as I watched those stories, I said to myself, I wonder if the people who did this realize how dangerous and how serious this really is. I thought, do they really realize how serious this is? Because, see, ladies and gentlemen, Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8 says this. It says that Israel, the Jewish people, are the apple of God's eye. It says they're the pupil of his eye. And you know how tender and how precious and how sensitive the pupil of your eye is. And God said, when you touch Israel, that's how sensitive it is to me. That's how touchy it is to me. And then in verse 9, he said, those that touch Israel, I personally am going to shake them. Those that touch Israel, I personally am going to shake them because my people, Israel, are a special people, and they are my chosen people. See, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God said this. He said, those that bless Israel, I'm going to bless. But he said, those that curse Israel, I'm going to curse. Now, I want to say something that may be a news flash for you today, but you come up real close where you can hear. The most important nation in the world is not America. The most important nation in the world is not Russia. The most important nation in the world is not China. The most important nation in the world is not France. The most important nation in the world is Israel. Now, if you, if you study the Word of God, God promised a land, ladies and gentlemen. 
God promised to land to the Israeli people, and he gave boundaries for that promise. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, he said the boundaries are from the Nile River to the Euphrates River. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 4, he said the boundaries are from Lebanon to the Euphrates and from the Euphrates to the Mediterranean Sea. Literally, this right here, ladies and gentlemen, what's in red is what God promised Israel. What's in red is what God said the Jewish people should and will control. You say, well, Pastor Benny, the Bible is very clear in, Hebrew, in Genesis 13 and 15 that this promise is forever, forever. But what do the Jewish people control? Let me show you. Right here. Literally just a small strip in comparison to what God promised them. And folks, let me tell you something. It's never the will of God for the Israeli people to give away their land for peace. It's never the will of God, no matter what government pressures them to do that, because God promised the people of Israel that land, and that promise is forever. Now, what I want us to do, I want us to see Five things from the Scripture. The first thing I want us to see is Israel's special favor. Israel's special favor. Now, the Bible says there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. Now, this woman, she's not the Virgin Mary. This woman is not the church. You say, Pastor Benny, how do we understand the Bible? Well, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that if not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you take one verse in the Bible and build everything on that, what you get is a cult. But folks, if it's biblical, you don't need another book to explain the Bible. The Bible will explain the Bible. So you say, Pastor, well, who is the woman that the Bible is speaking of here? In Genesis 37 and 9, Joseph had a dream. He dreamed about the sun, which was his dad, Jacob. He dreamed about the moon, which was his mother, Rachel. He dreamed about the 11 stars, and he was the 12th star. Jacob's name was literally changed in Genesis 32 and 28 to Israel. Jacob had 12 sons. The fourth son was Judah, from which we get the word Jew. So, ladies and gentlemen, the woman that the Bible says was giving birth here was none other than Israel. And what it's talking about, according to Romans chapter 9, verses 4 and 5, it's talking about what Israel gave us. 
It was Israel that gave us the law. <laughs> it was Israel that gave us the prophets. It was Israel that gave us the men who penned the Bible. It was Israel who gave us Mary and Joseph. It was Israel who gave us Jesus. You understand something today, folks. There is no Christianity without Judaism. You say, I'm not interested in your, what you're preaching about. You're crippled too high for crutches if you make a statement like that. There is no Christianity without Judaism. There is no Christianity without Jerusalem and without Israel. Let me say something. Israel has never been replaced. Replacement theology is not biblical. It's not biblical. We should support Israel. We should. Jesus wasn't Chinese. He wasn't Mexican. He was Jewish. And he never denied his Jewishness. Let me tell you something. The Jewish people's best friends ought to be Bible-believing Christians. The Jewish people's best friends ought to be Bible-believing Christians. You say, Pastor Benny, how should we bless Israel? Well, there's three ways. Number one, we should support Israel financially. See, the Bible says in Romans 15 and 27, it says, because they've blessed us in spiritual things. You say, well, what did they bless us with? The men who wrote this. Because they've blessed us with spiritual things, we're to bless them with financial, tangible things. Let me tell you something else. We're to spiritually reach them. We're to spiritually reach them. I want to ask you something, folks. I, 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 I want, maybe you can answer this question. Romans 1 and 16, the great apostle Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it's to the Jewish people first. I've got one question. When did that change? I'm all for reaching the people in Mexico. I go to Haiti several times a year, folks. I'm all. I'm helping a man right now go to India. But let me tell you, the first group of people we ought to be trying to reach is the Jewish people. So we support Israel financially. We spiritually reach them. But let me tell you something else. We steadfastly pray for them. We're commanded in Psalms 122 and 6 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. See, I see Israel's special favor, but I want you to see something else. I want you to see Israel's satanic foe. Israel's satanic foe. Look what verse 2 says. And she being with child cried travailing in birth and pinned and pained to be delivered. Now here's what I want you to see. It was Israel that gave birth to the Christ child. It was Israel. It was a little Jewish girl by the name of Mary who gave birth to the Christ child. But look what verse 3 says. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold a great red dragon, that's the devil, 
Having seven heads, that means he was full of wisdom. And ten horns, that's the nations that he leads. And seven crowns upon his head. Look what the Bible says. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered and to devour her child as soon as it was born. Explain those scriptures, Pastor. In the eons of time, the devil tried to be the most high. And he persuaded one-third of all the angels to follow him. And they became demons. You say, Brother Benny, it's, it's discouraging that one-third of all angels are demons. No, it's encouraging to know two-thirds of them are still angels. The Bible says he persuaded these angels to follow him, and then he was cast out of heaven. But notice what verse 4 said. It said, as soon as the Christ child was born, he tried to devour the Christ child. You say, Pastor, when did that happen? you got to understand, Satan hates Jesus. And he persuaded and influenced Herod to kill all the baby boys two years and under because he was trying to kill Jesus. Here's what I want you to understand. Satan hates Jesus, and Satan hates the Jews. Satan hates Jesus, and Satan hates the Jews. By the way, folks, that's reason enough for me to love Jesus and love the Jews. I want to line up diametrically opposite of him. And Satan's always tried to destroy the Jewish people, whether it was with Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, Alexander the Great, Nero, the Turks, the Ottoman Empire, the Crusaders. Hitler literally killed six million Jews just because they were Jewish. In a recent issue of Harper's Magazine, Stanley Fish shares what a Muslim mother said after she learned of her son's success in suicide, a bombing that killed her son and 10 Jews. Because I love my son, I encouraged him to die a martyr's death for the sake of Allah. Jihad is a religious obligation encumbered upon us, and we must carry it out. I sacrifice my son as a part of my obligation I ask Allah to give him 10 Israelis for my son. And Allah granted my request. And my son made his dream come true, killing 10 Israeli settlers and soldiers. Our God honored him even more in that there were many Israelis wounded. How distorted. How distorted. See, folks, I see Israel's satanic foe. But there's a third thing I see. I see Israel's spiritual fight. Israel's spiritual fight. It's in verses 7 through 10. See, the word devil means accuser. 
And there's a war going on in heaven. You say, what's the war, Brother Benny? Here's the war. Satan goes in the presence of God, and he calls your name. And he calls your name, and he says, look, he or she claims to be a Christian. But look at the thoughts they had last night. Look what they did. Look, look what they're doing. And they claim to be a Christian. They ought to be cast into hell. That's what happens in heaven. But let me tell you, when that's going on in heaven's courtroom, we have an advocate. <laughs> His name is Jesus Christ, according to 1 John 2 and 1. And he said, Father... <laughs> I just want to tell you something. Everything that he's speaking about, I died for. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, living, he loved me. <laughs> Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified, freely forgiven. One day he's coming back, oh, glorious day. There's a war in heaven. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a war on earth. There's a war on earth. Satan's on earth. Now look, the verse 11 says there's a war going on, but they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. How do we overcome the devil? Ladies and gentlemen, three ways. Number one, cleansing. <laughs> cleansing. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. The first word is cleansing through the blood. The next word is confession. Look what the Scripture says. They overcame him. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Let me tell you something, folks. When you speak about God's goodness, it brings supernatural strength to you. Cleansing, confession. But there's a third word. It's commitment. They love not their lives unto death. They were sold out for God. How can we get victory over the devil? Cleansing, confession, and commitment. Now, folks, there's one other thing I want you to see, two other things. The fourth thing I want you to see is Israel's strategic flight. Now, right now, the devil has the ability to go into the presence of God and accuse you and me. But apparently, there's some time during the tribulation period that he's going to be cast out. And he's going to unload on earth. Look what verse 13 says. Verse 13 says, And when the dragon saw that he was cast on the earth, he persecuted the woman 
which brought forth the man-child. There's going to come a time during the tribulation period that Satan won't be able to enter into heaven and he'll be cast on the earth and he'll bombard everything on Israel. And you say, Brother Benny, what's going to happen? Well, look what verse 14 says. And to the woman were giving two wings. No doubt, John riding in 90 A.D., he saw airplanes. He saw airplanes taking the people of Israel to a place of protection. And those wings were the wings of a great eagle. Friend, I don't know this, but I'll tell you my prayer. My prayer is that great eagle that will protect Israel is none other than the United States of America. I pray it's America because if America will bless Israel, God will bless America. And the Bible says for a time which is a year and times and half time which is three and a half years, but for the last three and a half years of the tribulation, hopefully America is going to protect the Israeli people. But verse 16 tells us that ultimately God will protect them. And you say, why, Pastor? It brings me to my last point. Israel's saving faith. According to verse 17, during the last three and a half years of tribulation, many Israeli people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Many Israeli people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Look what Zechariah 12 and 10 says. It says, And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications. You say, Pastor Benny, what's going to happen? I've taken many of you to the highest point in Israel. The Mount of Olives. And when Jesus comes back, he'll come back to the Mount of Olives. And that mountain will cleave in two. Because, see, folks, he's not coming in a manger, he's coming as a monarch. He's not coming to a tree, he's coming to a throne. The last time he stood before Pilate, but this time Pilate will stand before him. He's not coming. He's not coming to be crucified, but he's coming to be coronated as King of Kings and Lord of Lords because there is none like him. And when he comes back and his feet touch the Mount of Olives, the Bible says, They'll look upon God who they have pierced. How do you pierce God? You pierce God when you crucified Jesus Christ because when they crucified Jesus Christ, they crucified God. My friend, the Jewish people will realize he was the Savior and they will turn to him. 
Say, Brother Benny, as our musicians are coming, how does a Jew come to faith in Christ? By listening to this message, and tonight, folks, I'll talk more. I'm going to deal with 144,000 of the book of Revelation, and you're going to learn a lot. I won't tell you everything, but you're going to learn tonight. How many of you learned something today? Raise your hand. Sure you have. You're going to learn something tonight because I'm going to deal with 144,000. I'm not going to tell you everything I'm going to share right now, but I will tell you this. They're not Jehovah Witnesses. You say, Pastor Benny, are you trying to proselyte Jews? No. No. The Jews proselyted me. <laughs> the Jews proselyted me. It was a Jew that died on Calvary's cross. It was a Jew. She said, Pastor, how does a Jew go to heaven? Listen close, and I'm going to explain how Jewish people go to heaven. You got to listen close. These are the steps. God, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that that Jew, Jesus Christ, was the Savior of the world, and he died for my sins. And I confess my sins to him right now and ask you to come into my life. A Jew comes to faith just the same way you come to faith. No other way. Sometimes people say, Pastor, I get nervous about the things you say. I get nervous. I, I'm afraid somebody's going to hurt you. Don't worry about me. I'm immutable until God's through with me. No, no. Yeah, you say things about Mohammed and I get I, I get nervous. No, no, don't get nervous. No, don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. You say things about Buddha, and I, I get nervous. No, no, no. I don't, I don't get nervous. It takes half of a baby ass for, for me to sleep after I say something. Because let me tell you something. You listen to me very closely. You put your faith in Mohammed, you'll die and go to hell. You put your faith in Buddha, you'll die and go to hell. Jesus is not a good way to heaven. He's not a better way to heaven. He's not the best way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. The only way. The only way. The only way. And friend, the only way you can go to heaven is put your faith and trust in this Jew, Jesus Christ. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C 
you simply must confess your sins to him I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me I'll pray the prayer you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior Lord Jesus I'm a sinner but God I'm sorry for my sin I'm so sorry I want to change I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now come into my heart Lord and forgive me of all my sin now thank you Lord for forgiving me thank you for coming in to my life amen friend congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make and I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling he's a fact this decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life so congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.